Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson, here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual-threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game... This year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv. An unmatched dual threat. Blue Liar. It's exciting to win money. Back out to Allen. History title. Is there anything you don't gamble on? Uh, not really. Gambling gods. Fickle butt, oh yeah, so easily offended. Gambler's not your problem. You're just an idiot. And we welcome you in to Full Slate, a Blue Wire gambling podcast. My name is Frank. You can find me and all of my gambling picks on Twitter at UndercoverGreg. We're talking ponies today as it is the 146th run for the Roses, the Kentucky Derby, going off four months later than usual, the first Saturday in September this year, as opposed to the first Saturday in May, when we're normally used to having it in the spring. To talk about it, going to bring a guest aboard. You know him on gambling Twitter as Big Review. You can get him on Twitter and all of his picks at Bigragoo, that's at B-I-G-R-A-G-O-O-6-2. Again, at Bigragoo62 
Bigger Goo joining us to talk some ponies here on a Friday in September. Good to have you aboard, my man. How you doing? Greg, good to be with you, friend. How's it going today up in Minnesota? Yeah, not too bad. I tell you, the weather out here uh, in the end of the summer, early fall is nice, but you, it's also a reminder of how close we are to winter. Um, so uh, that part I don't like. But I know you're you're a native New Yorker, right? Yeah, I grew up. I grew up a big Yankees fan. Grew up in the Bronx, and uh, I grew up around the track too, as you can tell. I've sure. I, I, I fancied the horses a little bit. Uh, been to the Belmont, yeah. I'm sure. Been, been to the Belmont. Never been to the Derby, but been been to Saratoga a bunch of times. Been to Del Mar. Been a, been a few tracks here and there sure. in my 58 years of life. <laughs> <laughs> and I do think it's funny that just by listening, you could sense my uh, roots. I'm a South Jersey native, but you obviously that's right across the bridge uh, from Philadelphia, and, and you picked up oh, yeah. on that pretty easily. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I did. Early on, yep. So, so we're, we're talking horses today. We're talking the Derby. It's been a long time, like you said. It's a little bit of a layoff here, but, you know, everybody's raring to go get this race off Saturday. And uh, I think the weather's going to be nice, so we should have a good day of racing. Yes, yes, always the conditions factor in to how you handicap the race. Let's look at it. We're going to go 1 through 18 at the post positions. We did have a scratch, as, and this was an unfortunate scratch number six, King Guillermo, uh, who looked yeah. to be one of the better uh, choices to challenge. Tis the law is not going to run. Uh, so we're going to go one through 18, look at every horse in every post position, and give you a little bit about this 146th Kentucky Derby. We're going to start with the number one horse on the rail, and that is Finnick the Fierce coming in at 50-1 to 1 on the morning line. Uh, Martin Garcia and Ray Hernandez, the jockey trainer team here. Uh, and, you know, this is a horse that uh, has had some decent results. Uh, one of two horses uh, to ever finish ahead of Tis the Law in a race, uh, coming in second in the uh, Grade 2 Kentucky Jockey Club race last year at Churchill Downs. Uh, Tis the Law finished third in that race. Uh, two wins on the resume and uh, five graded stakes events, so certainly – a battle-tested horse for those new to betting ponies. The graded stakes are obviously the races that feature better fields and therefore the horses that run them have seen some better competition. I will say one other thing that I did come across in my research, uh, the rail is damaging here. Finnick the Fierce is blind in his right eye. And yeah. so he's obviously going to be coming off that rail. Everybody else is running to his right. Uh, so that could be a little bit of a problem, but... Uh, I will say not a ton of interest in most of the 50-to-1 horses, but a little bit here. What do you think about the number one? Uh, and, and interesting choice uh, sitting on the rail, like you said, with that eye closed up. You know, that's going to be def definitely a little detriment to him. But, you know, he's followed Art Collector around the track a few times. And he was one of the scratches early on, and he was probably, probably Tiz's early on main threat, but he's no longer in the race. But uh, this horse here has, has got a lot of interesting looks here. You know, he's he's got a couple thirds finished up recently. Like you said, he's the only horse to finish ahead of uh, Tiz early on. But uh, uh, he might be up against it. Now, the old one post with the old gate, they do have a new gate that they put out for this derby. The old gate used to kind of put you behind the bend on the turn, you know, starting off at the top of the stretch. But with this new gate, the old rail post isn't going to be as bad, but not only that, the horses are kind of moved over even more so. So they were saying the old uh, 
the new uh, one post is like the old three post. So now they've got a few, a few horses missing. So th- this horse is probably going to be almost starting like out of the old five hole. So, but he, he's going to be up against it, you know, uh, not so much class wise, but you know, he hasn't, he hasn't had a, a, a major uh, win on the greatest stakes yet, but you know, he might, he might clunk up somewhere in the end, third or fourth, possibly if that, but he's definitely going to be up against it. Yeah. And so that's what I said. I, I it's a horse that I, I maybe have some interest in and maybe by the time we get to post time, I see him hit one of my tries. Uh, but it, it, it's, uh, and there's an outside chance he could hit the board, but at the same time, uh, I'm not necessarily disagreeing a ton with the 50 to one morning line price on Phoenix the fierce. Let's move forward. And go to the number two, and that is Max Player, Ricardo Santana, the Ricardo Santana Jr., the jockey. Steve Asmussen is the trainer. Interesting little tidbit here: uh, Asmussen was not uh, training this horse a couple months ago, and then uh, in August, actually, it was uh, transferred from Linda Rice to Steve Asmussen. Max Player, a horse that we did see run in the Belmont, uh, good closing speed, could get into the trifecta. 30 to one in the morning line. Is there any interest here in using him? I think there could be some appeal. Yeah. I, I like this horse a lot, actually. Um, especially at the number 30 to one morning line. Uh, anytime you get a horse from Linda Rice, number one, that horse is going to be in fit shape, fit and sound, solid trainer up in New York area. You know, everybody knows Linda Rice in New York, but you know, kudos to the owners here for, for making the switch because Asmussen, he's probably one of the best, uh, trainers, if not the best trainer, to get a horse ready to run at Churchill Downs. So that's a smart move on the owner's part. And he's got his number one man, uh, Ricardo Santana, up on him. And this horse is sound. I mean, two thirds, you know, behind Tizalaw. And uh, I think he, I think we can see a little bit of an improvement here because he came off the layoff in the Travers. I mean, nobody was going to beat Tizalaw in that Travers race, anyways. But he ran a really solid race. He finished up nicely. You know, he came at the end. And uh, I think this horse maybe, if he gets a decent trip, and I don't think he's he's going to be to the advantage that he doesn't have to come early because he's going to come late. So uh, he's going to be saving ground on the inside. So I really like a lot. I like the, the, the possibilities with Max Player here. Yeah, no, definitely a horse that I am interested in throwing in, probably more so than Finnick. Uh, for some uh, exotic wagers, and as far as uh, we're going to get into some less appealing horses as far as I see it, but as far yeah. as the single-digit posts, uh, Max Player is definitely one that I think uh, we could see hit the board on Saturday. We'll keep things moving and go to the number three horse, and that is Enforceable at 30-1 to 1 on the morning line. Um, and, you know, the the thing that I noticed here, Ragu, on a lot of these longer prices is the speed figures just don't seem to uh, profile well, and it doesn't seem like, uh, you know, enforceable. We'll start here and and move through some of these other ones, I imagine, pretty quickly. Um, I I just don't think that this horse is simply cut out and fast enough to to really be a factor here. How do you see it? Yeah, I I see it pretty much the same. If you go back a couple races at Fairgrounds, he had some decent races there, you know, being able to get around traffic a little bit and, and kind of close up down the lane a little bit. Not uh, He did win the LeConte grade three, then the Risen Star and uh, the LA Derby or Louisiana Derby down in uh, uh, New Orleans. You know, he came fifth and second. Uh, but here, you know, he's like you said, he's going to be, 
he's going to step up in a little bit more class here. But, I mean, he's ran some tough races. No knock on him for doing that. But uh, Churchill Downs, he did came second and third uh, early on in his career. So he does have some experience at, at uh, Churchill Downs. So that's probably a benefit for horses that have never ran at the track. But uh, I just think he's going to be a little bit outclassed in this one. His speeds, like you said, this, the main thing I'm looking at is probably some of his speed figures are probably going to be a little touch uh, slow here. I mean, to, to, to get the W in this race, you know, you're going to have to have triple-digit uh, speed figures. And he's he's come a little bit shy of that. He's like in the 90s, so uh, low, high 80s, low 90s. So either way, he's going to be a little short here, I think. So I, I'm not, he's a toss for me. Yeah, no, I am uh, throwing him out and moving on to another horse that I'm throwing out, and that's number four, Storm the Court. Uh, wins the Breeders' Cup Juvenile at 46-1, to but since then really hasn't done much of anything and has finished behind other long shots in you know that are in this derby field. So, you know, I talked about Finnick and how um, you could maybe talk me into using him in some exotics, but Storm the Court, I, I think every year, uh, Ragu, you could probably speak to this a little more, there's a horse or two where you just look at it and say, why are they in this race? And that's yeah. kind of how I feel about the number four, Storm the Court. Yeah, well, he's had the curse. You know, when you win the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, it's almost a, a curse not to win the Derby. But, you know, that was that was probably his best race. And since then, you know, he's um, he's been on – actually, his last race was on turf. You know, they tried that. Uh, but, I mean, he did qualify, you know, with the Breeders' Cup win to get to the Derby number one. He's the first horse to qualify for the Derby with that win. But um, – Peter Uren's got an interesting angle on him, though. He's and when he takes, you know, turf to dirt, he's like a twenty-seven percent trainer. But sure. but, uh, but I don't know if he can run back to his his, his uh, juvenile form. <laughs> Maybe he's got somewhat of a chance. But fifty to one, he gets Julian Lupero, which is a nice improvement there for the ride, you know. But I think he's going to have too much to, to come against here. So yeah, he, he's. I'm not going to be using him. I mean, he did grade. Believe it or not, when I I have a little grading system I use for most of these horses, okay. he did grade. He did grade mid pack, you know, because of the fact that he, he some bloodlines that he has and and his uh, the the big X on him is the juvenile win. But anyways, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be tough for him. I don't see him hitting in the top four for sure. Yeah, no, I I kind of see it the same way. You mentioned the upgrade there at the trainer. Where I'm sorry with the jockey with Julian La Peru, the most mounts by any jockey in Derby history without a top three finish, I noticed there. So yeah. um, just uh, probably going to be outclassed in this race. Let's move on to number five, and that is Major Fed, another horse that just lacks the speed figures that you would hope to see in a long shot. And uh, James Graham is the jockey here, Greg Foley, the trainer. Um and, and and that 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 is kind of all I have here is that it's just there's not a whole lot that gets me out of bed uh, for for major fed and so I, I think that it's another fifty to one that probably just doesn't close well enough to or, or even start well enough to to have much of a chance and is probably going to be sitting in the back of the pack most of the race. Yeah, well, not because of the abbreviated races they had, but just because the form you know that you get in the Derby based on the point system, and this horse did just enough. And place money uh, wins in like the couple grade two or grade threes to kind of sneak him in there. So he qualified for, for that reason. But other than that, I mean, he did have his best race. The one, the one positive in the Indiana 
uh, grade three. He had his best race that he had, and that was coming off of a, a layoff. But now he's up against another layoff here. So maybe maybe the freshen up helps him a little bit possibly, you know, but I don't see him. Uh, I don't have him as one of my top picks either. Yeah. Uh, number six is was King Guillermo, who was scratched. And, you know, yeah. I, I do just want to talk about this horse for a little bit because – uh, it did seem like this would be one of the better challengers to Tis the Law, uh, and, and you have to think that, uh, you know, had we seen him, uh, it would have been a much more intriguing race, right? Yeah, I, I seen him win that. T- I was in Tampa when they won that race. I was at okay. the Tampa Bay Derby that day, and, you know, 49 to 1, and here comes this horse flying down the lane. It's like, who the hell is this horse? <laughs> you know, just, I mean, not flying down the lane, but, you know, he, he got out of the gate pretty good and, and kind of stood on the lead and just pulled away really late. But, uh, yeah, he was, he was something else. I mean, you always like those backstories, you know, Victor Martinez, the owner, Sammy Camacho, first-time jockey, first-time trainer going to the Derby. So, you know, it, you always have the feel-good stories there. This was one of them, but it didn't work out in the end for him, which is kind of sad. Number seven is Money Moves, and – I mentioned the single-digit posts not drawing a ton of attention outside of Max Player, as far as I'm concerned. But here's one that is, and that's a 30-to-1 morning line horse in Money Moves. And I think, first off, um, as somebody that, you know, I I do like to gamble on the ponies, but I'd be lying if I said I bet every race or or bet every track. I kind of just dial in particularly and do a lot of research come Triple Crown season. And the point I'm making here is when I see Javier Castellano, the jockey, (laughs) and Todd Fletcher, the trainer, that's immediately (laughs) going to catch my eye. And then I read this uh, that uh, Todd Fletcher was having problems uh, traveling uh, related to to the pandemic. And so uh, Dwayne Lucas is going to be overseeing this horse this week, who's another Hall of Fame trainer. Two wins and three starts, but none of the races were graded stakes races. So obviously that right there is enough to kind of make you wonder a little bit about the competition that this horse has raced against. But I say that, and, and, and I think it's important to note that most times we, relative to other Kentucky Derbies, this is not the best field. And so that makes me a little less apprehensive of the small body of work here for money moves. Uh, and as I said, you give me this trainer and this jockey, uh, with a horse that is, you know, 30 to 1 on the morning line, for in some ways that's respect right there for a horse yeah. that is, is as inexperienced as this one. So I do think this horse is worth a good look. Yeah, you, you took a lot of the words right out of my mouth because I'm a big Javier Castellano guy, especially when I'm getting 30 to 1. I don't care what race it is. <laughs> you know, like you say, <laughs> it could be a maiden race. but I mean, not so much maidens, but you know what I mean. But Javier, he's always showing up for the big races regardless. You know, those are the, those are the races – you know, you scratch your head, he runs certain races, but when he gets into big races, you know, you, you get his A game 95% of the time. And Todd Pletcher, like you're saying, with the travel issues, you know. But it's funny because, you know, if a lot of people don't know about the trainers at Todd Pletcher, you know, he used to work for Wayne Lucas. So he, the coach they call him, he's won more derbies, uh, I guess, before Bafford, where Bafford's got five now, five or six. So he's right. right. I think Wayne's got five or six. Bob's got five or six. But anyways – they're cut out of the same cloth, more or less. So, yeah, I'd like to see the coach on the sidelines for this one. And it wouldn't hurt my feelings if uh, if I got money moves involved at thirty one. That's one that's on my radar too. I mean, he, he's got three. He's got he broke his maiden at fifty thousand, and his next win at seventy five in allowance he won, and then he stepped up a little bit more, not much, and he came by second by a neck. But maybe lacking a little bit of seasoning here. But you know, because of the connections, like you say, in the price, it's worth a solid look. 
Another horse here uh, at 50 to 1 uh, to round out the uh, single digit post positions, 8 and 9. Uh, South Bend will start with at 8. And, you know, uh, I feel like so often you get wagers coming in from people that just like the names of the horses. And there'll be a lot of Notre Dame fans, I'm sure, that back this <laughs> horse. But, and hey, you do have Bill Mock, the trainer who obviously won by the DQ last year with Country House. Uh, yeah. But this does not seem to be. Uh, like one of his better horses uh, that he has trained. And uh, the jockey was on War of Will last year, uh, Tyler uh, Gaffa Leon. Did I, I probably butchered that? Yeah, that's uh, it. Right on, right on the oh, I got Gaffa it. Leon. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, as far as my interest in this horse, it, it, it really is not much. And, again, as I said, a lot of the 50-to-1s just don't grab my eye. Yeah. Well, he's got, he's got one race uh, with Mott under his belt. Now Mott is a trainer that kind of brings horses along slowly, so I didn't probably. I mean, going up against Tiz and, and the Travers' last race, he was, you know, and just coming, just getting claimed from a, a Thistledown, which is up close to up in Cleveland area. So basically, he ran in the Ohio Derby and came second. So, and then he got claimed, like I say, by um, he got claimed off of uh, the owners, and then Mott took him. So that's a good look there, but. Fifty to one, like you say, a little bit of a little bit of a class issue here, possibly going with this horse. But I tell you what, he hits the board an awful lot. You know, he, he he's had running at Churchill down three times and won twice, so he's got a little familiarity there with the track, possibly. And uh, he's got a little bit of uh, uh, he's got some Bernardini in him, which is a Derby winner on the sire side. So you never know. But like I say, fifty to one, Notre Dame fans cheering him on. I don't think he's going to. Cross the finish line first. <laughs> Let's wrap up the single-digit posts with number nine. Mr. Big News, Gabriel Saez and Brett Calhoun are the jockey-trainer combination, another 50-to-1. And, and again, we're talking about horses that uh, you know just don't seem to have the speed figures that make you think they could uh, be a factor in, in a triple crown race, and, and, and that's what it seems like we have here with Mr. Big News. Yeah, there's another one, like you said, you know, the speed figures might is definitely going to come back to haunt him because early in his career, he was real, real slow. Then he gradually got some improves in the middle going up the fairgrounds and then coming off two layoffs on back-to-back races. Uh, he ran that Oaklawn Stakes 200,000, which he won at a decent decent rate, and he had uh, Saez up, which is nice. Saez is 33% jock at the uh, it's Churchill in the short term, you know, he's only ran three races, won one. Uh, Calhoun's a nice little trainer, though. He's uh, he's one of the young guys, you know, probably one of these young future trainers coming out of uh, Giants Causeway and Galileo on the dam side, which is good good breeding there for distance. So, And he's a closer, so, you know, he's probably going to take a big stab at the end, and he's going to hope for a big meltdown, and that's probably the only way he gets involved. Right, right. Yeah, that's kind of how I see it as well. Let's take a break. Here on Full Slate, halfway home on our preview of the Kentucky Derby. Uh, We'll take a break, check in with our sponsors, and get to the double-digit posts on the other side. Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are coming back in the NFL. With NFL Sunday, Ticket.tv, you can stream every live out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices. Plus, Red Zone and direct the DirecTV fantasy channels are included, so never miss your favorite teams and players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. 
visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code BLUEWIRE. You've counted on restaurants. Now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory, and many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery as well. Just open the DoorDash app and select your favorite local spot, and your food is on its way. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget, that's the code BLUEWIRE, all one word, for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. And we're back here on Full Slate, a Blue Wire Gambling Podcast. My name is Greg Frank. You can find me and all of my gambling picks on Twitter, at UndercoverGreg. Joined by a special guest today. You know him on gambling Twitter as the Big Ragu. Find him and his picks at BigRagu62. That's at B-I-G-R-A-G-O-O-6-2. We just went through the first nine horses in the field, unfortunately a scratch to discuss as well there at number six, King Guillermo. We're going to go through the last nine now, 10 through 18, to close things out here on Full Slate. And we're going to talk about a horse now that I know uh, uh, Big Ragu likes a good deal, and that is the number 10, Thousand Words. Uh, speed figures are much better here for this horse than some of those other long shots that we talked about in the first part of the pod there. Fourth or better in all four graded stakes races, it's a Bob Baffert horse, so you have a lot to like here. I know you got involved uh, early in the calendar year uh, on a Kentucky Derby future, so I'll let you talk a little bit about why you like this horse. Yeah. Well, up until the shared belief um, in that short field, uh, the last race he ran, uh, he wound up beating uh, Honor AP, which went off as a 1-5 to five favorite, and this horse went off at 9-1. to one. And I about doubled down on him because I bet this horse back in February – as one of my Derby future fa- uh, futures at at, 15, at sixteen to one. So basically, he's morning line fifteen to one. I'm getting almost the same odds as what I bet it back in February, but uh, it was more of a surprise than, uh, than anything because I thought the horse was pretty much done. Because uh, back, you know, whatever, with the way 2020 went for a lot of horses, you know, a lot of them, uh, you know, a lot of uh, players got scratched, and Baffert had two other horses that were kind of primed to get to the Derby and Charlatan and Nadal, and they both went by the wayside. Yeah. So, you know, Baffert's always going to have somebody on the bench. So with this horse here, came off of a layoff, went to Los Alamos Derby, uh, ran a good second, and then fired in the shared belief and took out uh, Honor AP, and uh, and they got the Derby entry with that. Uh, early in the year, like you said, he started off really good. But the main thing, the main thing I'm looking at with this horse here was the equipment change. But they put blinkers on him, which um, – and he and he finished uh, finished fourth after he finished fourth. Then he put blinkers on him, came eleventh. Then had the layoff, and then when they put him back on the track with with the equipment change, he he, he responded very well. So this horse, you know, the thing about the Derby is normally, like you said, we're starting in the spring. 
but we're kind of late into like early fall, mid fall now. And what's what's going to wind up happening as these horses get older, they get bigger and stronger. So that's why you're seeing like Tiz, you know, as, as strong as he is. But I'm thinking this horse is starting to mature a little bit at this point in time. So he ran his best speed figure in the last one, and I, and he's coming to the, to the third race in the cycle. So I think he's sitting on the big race here. Uh, another big race is underneath this horse here for uh, Bob Baffert and uh, Florent Giroux. Yeah, yeah, no, and, and that's that's it. I mean, you talk about the depth there that Baffert always seems to have, and, and here we are now. Uh, with the, there was a lot of hype around both Charlatan and Nadal, and unfortunately we won't we won't get either one of those. But a chance for thousand words to to stand out a little bit, and, and at fifteen to one, obviously being respected in the betting market on the morning line. Let's keep things moving and go to number eleven, Necker Island. Uh, we only have a few more of these fifty to ones to get through, but this is another one where. Uh, Miguel Mena and uh, Chris Hartman, the jockey trainer combination here, uh, and it's another one Ragu where I kind of looked at it and it was just like I don't get it. There's not a whole lot that makes me interested. Uh, and and again, as I said, every Triple Crown race, especially the Derby, which is normally the biggest field, you see one or two of these horses where you kind of just move on pretty quickly. Yeah, more or less that Ellis Island or Ellis uh, Derby race is what got him in, and uh, anything beneath that is. You know, a bunch of allowance races and a couple of great threes and didn't hit the board there. So made broke his maiden and an allowance race. And that was about it. Those were his two victories. And they both came at Churchill. So that's the local tie for this horse here, I guess. Uh, Miguel Mina and uh, Chris Hartman, the trainer. I want to get to number 12 now. And that's Sol Volante, which is a horse I'm having a hard time getting to the bottom of as far as, you know, if I want to use him and, and, and how I might want to. He's 30-1 to 1 on the morning line. Yeah. Uh, and, and a couple of Italians here on the uh, jockey-trainer combo, Luca Panici. Yeah, Luca Panici, yeah. And Patrick Biancone? Biancone, yeah. Biancone, yep. okay. The uh, trainer uh, there. And he's at 30-1, to 1, which... I think it's interesting because this was a horse that uh, went off much shorter at the Belmont and uh, won a graded stakes race back in February, finished second in the Tampa Bay Derby, which is another graded stakes race, uh, you know, and then finishes sixth at, at, at Belmont Park uh, in that abbreviated Belmont Stakes back in June. So still, uh, you know, uh, maybe not his best race, but, you know, so you might look at that and say, well... Uh, you know, did he peak? And and if so, then is it not worth a look? But you could also argue, well, if we get that race, or get this horse that was winning races in the early part of 2020, then uh, we could have some real value here at 30 to one. So how do you look at this horse? Yeah, that that's a good breakdown on the horse, actually. And you know what? I not that I was looking the other way on this horse, but if you if you take the Belmont race out of it, I mean, he's hit the board every time he's stepped on the track, sure. so to speak. And like you said. I, w- I watched him run in Tampa on both those races. He's Sam F. Davis, which he wound up winning and then came in second to uh, King Guillermo in the Tampa Bay Derby. And then he came back and ran a little tune-up race in Gulfstream after that before the Belmont. So, I mean, he was on pace, you know, 98, and then he took a step backwards in the uh, in the Belmont. So whatever happened in, in that uh, race for him, you know, maybe if you just line that race out, maybe, like you say, it could be a solid value play here at 30-1. At to 1. Yeah, somebody that I definitely uh, will probably have some skin in the game with uh, when we get to post time. Let's move on to number 13, and that is attachment race. And, 
you know, this is another horse that, you know, I, I do think of all the 50 to ones, I talked about Finnick as one that you can at least make an argument for, uh, but I probably won't be using. 13 here, the tax run rate uh, is is similar, and, and maybe I, I I don't know if I'll get there, but Joe Talamo and Dale Romans, the uh, jockey-trainer uh, combination, and um, top five in, in three graded stakes races, uh, finished second in his last race at Ellis Park, uh, and so definitely a better body of work than some of these other long shots. And so I wouldn't blame anybody for uh, taking a shot at this guy in some exotics. What do you think? Yeah, he's one I had on my bubble, too. Um, he's a bubble play for me. Uh, you get the benefit. Uh, even though Dale Romans hasn't won the Derby yet, you know, local trainer there, you know, well-respected, Talamo, good jock. So a lot, a lot of nice races he's put together. Um, if he runs back a little bit, um, to his last race, you know, he had pretty decent form there. And this is the third race out of his cycle. He stepped on Churchill twice and and hasn't hit the board there. So that's a little disheartening. Had a hard spun. The thing about the hard spun horses, they're more like mile horses. So maybe the distance is not friendly to him here, but we'll see. I mean, he's, he's ran, he hasn't ran past a mile and eighth yet. He's ran a mile and 16th. Oh, I take that back. He ran a mile and eighth at Keeneland, which he finished fifth there. But we'll see. I think the distance might be the issue with this horse here. But he's a nice horse. You know, we'll see. We'll see if he gets a trip. He's going to need one. So when you mention that he's on your bubble, like, I, I, I'm not sure if you've kind of finalized your bankroll yet and how you want to, you know, play all your tickets. So do you have you played him yet in anything? No, not yet. I, I've got him. I've got him considered for some underneaths and trifectas. Sure. Gotcha. Uh, a horse that I'm sure you probably don't have considered is the number 14 uh, winning impression. Uh, Joe Rocco and Dallas Stewart are the uh, jockey and trainer for this horse. Uh, this will be our last kind of quickly move right through type horse at 50 to 1. Uh, only hit the board in two of seven races in his career and missed the board in both of his, both of his graded stakes runs. Uh, again, I think it's probably just a horse that's outclassed here. You know what? As funny as you may as it seems with this horse to draw a line through it, you got to say not so fast, my friend. Like Lee Corso would say. Oh wow! Okay. Here's the reason why. There's just his, the trainer's name is Dallas Stewart, and those of you who know anything about Dallas Stewart, he's always popping big numbers. He's had some of the biggest paying Derby trifectas and superfectas. Yeah. If you go back and look throughout the years, there's, there's at least two of them recently. But do your homework on that. All you know, the for, one or longer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the only that's the only reservation I have. If I'm looking at the charts, like you were saying, I'm definitely tossing them out. But with Dallas Stewart in there, I mean, that's just an old gambler's angle, you know, just to kind of throw that in the mix. You know, just just don't just don't toss them out so quick. But you never know. You know what I mean? Like if you have if you have the funding and you want to play around with some exotics, and you're going to put some you know tails and numbers for third and fourth. If you're playing supers or tries, you know, that's one of the horses you might want to kind of consider to throw in there just for that angle. Yeah, and, and we'll talk when we finish up, look at the rest of the horses here. I do want to kind of spend about 10 to 15 minutes just talking about how you exactly like to uh, diversify your bankroll when it comes to these wagers. But let's move on and go to number 15. Uh, and this is an intriguing horse, New York Traffic, uh, at uh, 20 to 1 on the morning line. Paco Lopez, the jockey, Safi Joseph, the trainer. 
And uh, the body of work, again, speaks for itself. Hit the board in five straight races, including four graded stakes races. I think if you're telling me it's not going to be tis the law, uh, I would think this horse might have a chance to win the race. Yeah, he, he, I'm going to call him the wise guy horse right now, this horse right here. <laughs> he's, he's, he's got the early speed, you know, to run. There's no doubt he can clear a field. He's in a pretty decent position. I don't think he's going to get in a lot of trouble on the outside of him, and I think to the inside he's not going to see a whole lot. So this horse is probably going to be factoring early in the race, I would say. And like you said, he's hit the board every time. He's basically stepped on the track except for one time early in his career under another trainer. But, yeah, a lot of things going right for this horse. Uh, Safi's a uh, – Joseph, he's a heck of a trainer. You know, he's out of South Florida down in Gulfstream, and he's doing a lot of the right things. You know, he's and this horse is, uh, has been handled perfectly. And the funny thing is, last couple races, he's kind of come off the layoff both times at Churchill, Churchill Downs. He came in second in that uh, grade three to Matt Wynn against Maxfield. And um, last time out, he, he just got nosed in the Haskell by Authentic. So he was coming at the end, too, and, and that was his best race. His last race was his highest speed figure. So, and I think he's uh, he's probably gonna if he gets a trip, which I'm sure he should he should uh, come out of the gate with uh, if, without any issue. I think he'll he should uh, he's gonna factor definitely in the pace of the race. Him and Authentic, I think, are gonna be the two major players in pace here. We'll get to Authentic in just a few minutes as he's the number 18 on the, the outside horse. Uh, Honor AP, another horse, though, that probably figures to give Tizzle a run for his money. Number 16 horse, and again, talked about how uh, with uh, Javier Castellano, you see that name, it immediately catches your eye. Same thing for this jockey, Mike Smith, who obviously uh, won the Derby and, and the Triple Crown aboard Justify. Uh, John Sheriffs is the trainer for this horse. And, uh, you know, right off the bat, uh, you you start the start start of the race. I think is going to be really important for Honor AP and New York Traffic and Authentic because I think just in general we're going to know pretty early because you have we have the way the post positions shook itself shook themselves out. We have all these horses that we think might have a chance to win the race all kind of going off next to each other. So um, I think whether it's Honor AP or, or Kiz, whoever can set the pace might have even better of a shot to, uh, you know, get out and, and never really look back. Uh, Honor AP has finished at least second in each of his last five races, including the Santa Anita Derby, uh, which was a grade one stakes race back on June the 6th. I don't believe this horse – no, this horse did not run at Belmont Park for the uh, Belmont Stakes. Uh, but I just think all in all, as I said, the jockey – Mike Smith also won on a very long horse back in uh, 2005, 50-1, Giacomo. Uh, it's definitely a, a horse that you have to give a hard look to. Yeah, John Sheriff has got a storybook career you know, with Giacomo and Zenyatta, you know, winning the Breeders' Cup, and I think this would be like the cherry on top. But, uh, yeah, Mike Smith has got good connections with John. Uh, the thing, the thing, the only concern – well, not the only concern, but one of the concerns I have here with this horse is – you know, did did um, that race that he lost a thousand words in the shared belief? He he went off as a one to five favorite, and he came second. And uh, I I don't know. I heard Sheriff speak. He said a couple of things went wrong in that race. I, you know, I don't know if he's making excuses, which I doubt. But I think uh, you know maybe his best effort 
when I see a horse that ran his best race two back versus, you know, the one that he just ran, that's reason for concern because, you know, it should have been a, a better. And even though he's coming off a layoff, there's a possibility for him to prove. But every race his horse has ran has been coming off a race, off the layoff, and he's gotten better and better. But I don't know. Maybe maybe he had an excuse the last race. Maybe he didn't. But you definitely have to consider because of, like you say, Smith and his speed ratings, and he's never finished worse than second. So he's definitely going to be a factor in, in the race. And like you said, they're all up against it on the outside. So it, I don't know if he's going to be a pace dictator. Or in his eyes, he's probably going to just sit off the pace a little bit and maybe try to make a run because this horse is a stretch runner, even though he's not per se a closer, he, he does come down the lane. Let's move things along and get to the horse. Everybody's watching. And that's number 17. Tis the law uh, draws uh, again, a post that you could argue is, is not ideal for him. Uh, but you when know, Manny Franco is a very young jockey, uh, and, and, you know, and, and we talked about Mike Smith. He's obviously been around for quite a while. So you could nitpick here and there, um, but I just think at the end of the day, we're probably looking at a really special horse here uh, who has started four grade one stakes races and won all of them most recently by a, a five-and-a-half length win at the Traverse Stakes. Uh, just seems like if no, we really wouldn't be surprised if this horse is just too good, right? Yeah, I mean, on paper and watching him and, you know, his physical presence – I mean, the horse is, is something to behold, to watch and run and see. Uh, the only thing, um, we get the same scenario with him here, is every race that this horse he runs after the you know 30-day period, which doesn't affect this horse at all, obviously. Uh, you could take whatever trainer angles you have and throw them out the window because this horse is, is his own horse. You know, I'm, I'm not going to say me and you could have trained a horse to run, but, I mean, the horse, the connections are kind of cool because, this is like the we haven't had a New York bred win since Funny Side, and the connections are exactly right. the same here on the, on the horse. And man, like you said, Manny Franco, I feel happy for him because he's a good jockey. I, I love Manny Franco when he's on a long shot, not so much the favorite. But I mean, this is a special animal here. I'm not a chalk player. I'll probably be rooting against the horse to, to tell you the truth. I'm going. I'll be a fool to throw him out to not use him in my exotics because that's like committing suicide. But for the <laughs> most part, I mean he's. The funny thing about it, here it is 17 years ago that the horse, um, that uh, funny side won, right? The horse is in post 17, and there's one more 17 that gets tied into the plan. Oh, 17 other opponents, but that's not true anymore. So, But the 17s were running rampant, but he should get his race. I don't think he has to. He could run on the lead, off the lead. So kind of reminds me of Big Brown back in the day, like no horse had ever won out of the 20 spot. When Big Brown won a derby, but he just right. sat on the outside and just when his when the time came, he took off down the stretch and you know closed the race out. I think I don't think he's going to be pressured to, to to get out front or he'll be in a good position to sit either way. Let's wrap things up with number eighteen, and that's authentic. John Velasquez is on this horse, and it's another Baffert horse. Uh, obviously, that's another jockey, and 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 we know about Baffert that's going to get some play, and I think so often uh, the you know, third horse can be like a, a, a trendy, you know, choice uh, oftentimes in these races. But, uh, you know, did run in that Santa, Santa Ananita Derby uh, and Honor AP had a better showing there. I, I'm not really sure 
if the price warrants the, does, doesn't match up here. That's kind of where I'm trying to get to with this horse. How do you see it for number 18? So you worry about that the, the price is a little too short or too long for him here? What are you saying uh, on that? I'm, I'm saying I think it's a little too short, but I, I could Very short. Yeah. Well, listen, this horse is, is, is uh, four, four, four wins in a place out of five five shots. So, was, I mean, he did come, like you said, already yeah. Pete got the best of him in that race. Maybe uh, the thing about these California races, too, is like you'll see a lot of short fields out there, and you can't take that for granted because a lot of times you're like, well, you know what? They're running four or five horses in these West Coast, you know, uh, stake races. You know, they're not really going up against competition, but they always come out in a different, you know, different class of competition. So I think this horse has run some good races. He's ran, you know, I like the fact that this horse has traveled to the, here's, I give him the advantage over Honor AP in this regard. This horse has traveled to the East Coast and won where Honor AP hasn't done that yet. He hasn't left California. So I would give this horse a nudge before I give, Honor AP the nudge, and plus you like you said you got Bafford, you got Velasquez, and uh, not 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 saying nothing against Mike Smith or Sheriff, but I just like the fact that this horse has traveled. It's got a little bit little going to be a little bit more forwardly placed, maybe can get out of trouble a little easier. But they're going to have to take him up to get him, you know, on the outside in, so that might hurt him a little bit. And then there were some questions on the distance for this horse too, you know, whether he whether he wants to go a mile and a quarter. So that's the only, that's the only thing. As far as class and quality goes, I have no issues with this horse. Maybe the distance is the only thing I'm up against. So let's wrap things up here and just talk a little bit about how we like to uh, wager this race. I'm sure you haven't finalized all your wagers as we sit here now with more than 24 hours until post time still recording on a Friday afternoon. But uh, just take me through kind of how you like to diversify your bankroll normally when it comes time to – place in your bets okay so the derby's got a lot of unique features to it uh from a gambling perspective number one because of the fact that the pools are so large on the exotic bets and for those of you don't don't know what exotic bets are it's anything other than a win place and a show bet but you always want to bet uh your horses to win and to place most cases so basically what i would do on a normal day especially like on derby day too I'm going to pick my horse to win that I like, obviously, and I'm going to bet like um, I'm going to bet a win in place wager on that horse. But well, can usually, I say one thing that I have done, and yes. I don't know if you've done this. If I got my one horse, which I'm not sure I have one yet uh, that I would want to do this with, and maybe you just do it with Tiz if you think he's that much better, is to just bet him in in exactas against the field. Is that something you've yeah. done? Well, the only time I would do that. I mean, there's a big field here, so it is. It's, so maybe it's, not as much here. It's gonna, it's gonna be. A, I'm gonna show you how to play tins. That's a great question. Normally, what I would do, like um, an exact, is like you were saying, if I get a real short price horse like tins, and this happens in smaller fields too, like you know, five, six, seven, eight horse races. So if I like the favorite a lot, which I'm not, I, don't, I usually don't bet the favorite. So you almost have to assume that the favorite is going to win the race in that regard, and then you try to find something to put with him behind them not too many horses maybe one or two or maybe a long shot and a medium price horse this way you're going to make a profit but in this regard because there's so many horses in the field my my i was i was going to get to my next thing is i'm going to bet a winning place you know however much money i'm whatever my bankroll is let's say i have a let's say i have a two hundred dollar bankroll for today i'll probably bet 50 win and 50 place on 
on the on the horse. Now, if I go with Tis the Law, I'm not going to bet win in place because the price is too short. So I just right. place the money to win on him. Anything less than two to one, I'm not going to bet nothing on the place bet. I'm just going to bet it to win. But normal bet would be win in place. And then to do this now and, and take your method now, what you want to do is you want to – let's say you like Tiz the 17 and you want to play him with um, with some horses that you like. So you want to play him to come in first, and then you want to back it up to have him come in second. You're going to probably play a little bit more money to 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 win with him on top, and then you're going to play uh, the other. You're going to play it the other way around. So hopefully, when you do that, a long shot comes up, and then you you make some money. You make some good money. Let's say right. one of your thirty to ones or fifty to ones comes out and beats Tiz, and then you get rewarded in that regard. So that's what you call like a backup bet. But uh, now, that would be it as far now, as. I, as have you finalized as far as like bets you have made? Is there anything that you've already locked in? Well, I have the I have the the, the number yeah, ten horse, right. the, horse. The, yeah, the, was- the future, and that was by, not by mistake, but that was just something I'm locked into. So I like that horse a lot. He graded out as my second best choice for the day, but I've already got a, a win wager on that with the with the futures bet. But uh, I'm, I'm probably gonna what I'll probably wind up doing is. I'll, you definitely want to get involved here because I was telling you the, the pools are so large. You want to try your hand at a trifecta, and a trifecta is a three-number bet. You could bet right. multiple ways of it, but just to give you an example, you could for a dollar, you could bet um, you could pick three numbers in any order, and then you box them, and that costs six dollars. So now you actually now get you six, uh, six, kind of going right. back to what we were talking about with the. Uh, you know, one horse you like. Have you, are you a, a key guy? Will you play tri keys? Yeah. What, what I'll do is I'll key in multiple positions. So if I let's say let's say my ten for instance, right, that I like a lot. So I would take the ten and I would play them across the board, meaning right. first, second, and third, with maybe like three to five different, uh, four, four to five different numbers. So I'm hoping that you know, let's say I have, let's say I'll, I'll give you an example. My ten that I like, right? I would put him with let's say. Let's say the the uh, the fifteen, sixteen, just to keep it simple, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, and maybe let's say the two. So I would I would use the I would use the ten on top with the two, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. So that would be a key, right? So right. that would be that would be what uh, six, twelve, twenty four dollars for a dollar bet that would sure. cost to play that. So instead of just putting them first. I would put him first, second, and third because let's say Tiz wins or Tiz comes in second and he comes in third and maybe a, a 30 to one comes on top, then you're going to get paid pretty heavily in that regard. So, so, so I guess, keys are keys. You get more, you get more value bets with your key plays, but I've been on many a tickets where I've keyed a horse and had all the tickets, all the horses on the, on the ticket and not cash the ticket. Cause I didn't box it. You know, that, that's when you get mad. Right. You kind of, just mentioned your key there is are those kind of the five or six horses that you're kind of for betting purposes you've narrowed it down to okay yeah i'm, I'm going to give you the horses i'm on for the race i'm sure i'm going to i'm going to use um i'm going to use the the number ten thousand words right i'm going i'm going to use uh um the two max player uh, we got to throw king guillermo out because he's no longer available Right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the horse that you and I were talking about. Um, which horse was that? Was that attachment rate? Was that one we were uh, talking 13. about? Yeah, yeah. We were talking about the thirteen. 
and um, and I'm going to use, of course, New York traffic, which is a horse I like a lot. Okay, so and I'm going to give you my top. I tell you what, I'm going to give you my top five how I graded them out. Okay, tis the sure. law number one. Okay, okay, thousand. That's that's the number seventeen. Um, a thousand words, number two. That's the number ten. Um, let's see, New York traffic, number three. That's number fifteen. Right, and then I have a tie for um, for second. I mean, for, for for fourth and fifth, I got the number. Actually, you know what? I graded I graded South Bend for for underneath tries. Okay, so I got oh, wow. Yeah, I got South Bend number eight and number two to use underneath. And then I wanted to toss one of the horses on the outside, but I don't know if I could allow myself to do that. So authentic. What am I saying? Authentic was is tied with New York traffic. I'm sorry. So I got I got the 18 authentic also. Okay, and then I'll just kind of close. I, I agree on uh, obviously Tiz. Yeah, I think you have to use him. Uh, it goes without saying. And then 10, I'll be definitely looking at your thousand words uh, to play in uh, some exotics. Uh, I yep. think Max Player number two uh, is definitely somebody that I'm going to use. Uh, and then I, I think I'm also going to use seven. Uh, the uh, money, money moves. Yeah, yeah, I think I gotta give him a little bit of a look. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, and then, New York traffic would be my other, my fifth horse that I would be interested in. Uh, obviously, uh, as I said, I think he would be my pick. If you told me Tiz is not going to win hey, the race, then I, I would... wouldn't argue against you on none of those. The only reason I'm not going to say I'm not going to use a seven, I just gave you my grading scale. My better judgment tells me to bet Castellano at thirty to one. You know what I mean? Certain things you just got to toss to the wind. And say, right. hey, I'm using this regardless. But just on this little sliding scale that I have as far as – and it's tied in the races that they run because, like you said, on the money moves, very lightly raced, right, and not a lot of big races he's ran. Right. That was, and he's automatically going to push them towards the bottom. But my better judgment says Castellano and Pletcher, 30 to 1, use them. Lastly, oh, Honor AP, did you, are you, you're not – you're going to fade him? I'm going to toss him. Okay. Gotcha. Well, that was a lot of fun today, uh, Big Ragu. You can find him, and are you going to post your official picks on your Twitter account? Yeah, I will put my derby plays on Twitter, correct. Okay, follow him at Big Ragu 62 at B-I-G-R-A-G-O-O-6-2. Ragu, I appreciate your time. This was fun. Hey, it was a pleasure. Look forward to being on with you again. Absolutely. Let's wrap things up and hear from one other sponsor. It's Bet Online. The wait is finally over and football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads to totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonus today and start off start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. That will wrap things up for Full Slate, a Blue Wire Gambling Podcast. My name is Greg Frank. You can find my official plays on Twitter at UndercoverGreg. And, of course, please play responsibly.